Hello and welcome to this week's Skeptical Reporter. My name is Miruna from the Skeptics in Romania podcast and I am bringing you news on science and skepticism from around the world. Castor oil may have had a bad rap among people who were force-fed spoonfuls as children, but it's no myth that the tonic has health effects. Now scientists have elucidated the molecular mechanism of the active ingredient in castor oil, which has been used for thousands of years as a laxative and labor inducer. Ricinoleic acid, the fatty acid that makes up about 90% of the oil, binds to one particular receptor in the intestines and uterus the researchers discovered. The discovery explains how castor oil works and could lead to the development development of less unpleasant drugs. Although taking a daily spoonful of diluted castor oil as a general health aid is no longer in vogue, alternative health stores continue to sell the foul-tasting liquid as a laxative. Stefan Offermans, author of the study and a biologist at the Max Planck Institute for Heart and Lung Research in Germany, stated, The major surprise here was how specifically castor oil worked. There were many theories as to how it may produce results, including broad toxicity to intestine cells and effects on water and electrolytes. But ricinoleic acid is much more specific than those theories suggest, acting through just one receptor. How the receptor causes contractions, however, is still not known. But the new link between the acid and intestine and uterine muscle cells could inspire work to find out. In Great Britain, a pregnant woman died after drinking concentrated vinegar during a home abortion went wrong. Mother of five, Catherine Furry, aged 38, suffered a violent reaction to the industrial-strength liquid. She was rushed to hospital but later died. An investigation was launched and police arrested her sister-in-law, Don Chadwick, for handing her the vinegar bottle. Her family say they suffered a second tragedy when Miss Chadwick, 33, was later charged with manslaughter for allegedly helping Miss Furry abort the baby. After more than a year and a half, Don Chadwick has been cleared of the charge. Miss Furry is thought to have researched using vinegar for an abortion on the internet. Abortion specialists have warned that there are dozens of myths on the internet about how to terminate a pregnancy. They say that any woman wanting information about abortions should speak to their doctor, trained medics, or abortion clinics. Natika Halil, director of information services for the Family Planning Association, said, We know that there are many myths and misinformation about abortion on the internet. That's why it's so important to use trusted sources to gain accurate information on how to access abortion services. Health experts also said that vinegar is only lethal if consumed in high concentrations. Dr. Robert Spitzer, one of the most influential figures in modern psychiatry, has apologized to America's gays for a scientific study which supported attempts to cure people of their homosexuality. The survey, published in 2001, looked at reparative therapy and was hailed by religious and social conservatives in America as proof that gay people could successfully become straight if they were motivated to do so. But Dr. Robert Spitzer has now apologized in the same academic journal that published his original study, calling it fatally flawed. I believe I owe the gay community an apology, his letter said. I also apologize to any gay person who wasted time and energy undergoing some form of reparative therapy because they believed that I had proven that reparative therapy works. Spitzer's letter, which was leaked online before its publication in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, is sure to cause delight among gay civil rights groups and stir up anger among social conservatives who have used the study to combat the acceptance of homosexuality as a normal part of human society. Reparative therapy is popular among Christian conservative groups which run clinics and therapy sessions at which people try to become heterosexual through counseling. Gay rights activists condemn such practices as motivated by religious faith, not science, and call them pray away the gay groups. 
Spitzer's stance was notorious because in 1973 he had been instrumental in getting the American Psychiatric Association to stop classifying homosexuality as a mental disorder in its diagnostic manual, a move seen at the time as a major victory for gay rights. His 2001 study caused a huge stir because many people felt that it was not rigorous enough for publication. The central criticism was that Spitzer had not paid enough attention to the fact that subjects might lie about their feelings or be engaged in self-deception. A man has been charged with criminal damage following a break-in at Rothamsted Research Center where a trial of genetically modified wheat is being held. Rothamsted said the crops had been vandalized, causing significant damage. Their project aims to see whether the modified crops can deter aphids, a major wheat pest. Rothamsted has previously pleaded with anti-GM campaigners not to destroy their experimental plots, which they say could help reduce pesticide use. But opponents of GM technology claim that planting the crops in the open air would allow modified pollen to get out into the surrounding environment. In a statement, Rothamsted explained, The intruder caused significant random property damage but failed to disrupt the experiment in his attack. The lab's director, Professor Maurice Maloney, said the act was an attempt to deny us all the opportunity to gather knowledge and evidence on a possible new approach for reducing the use of pesticides. The crop being trialed at Rothamsted will produce a pheromone called E-beta-farnesine that is normally emitted by aphids when they are being threatened by something. When aphids smell it, they fly away. Anti-GM group Take the Flower Back has vowed to decontaminate the site unless the research is halted. And now for some news in science. The SpaceX company's Dragon cargo capsule has joined up with the International Space Station, ISS. NASA cleared the unmanned vehicle to move in close to the orbiting platform after a successful series of demonstrations. SpaceX has become the first commercial concern to run a freight service to the ISS. Dragon carried with it half a ton of food and spares for the 400-kilometer-high laboratory. Astronauts on board the station managed to grab the ship with a robotic arm once it got within reach. Holly Readings, the NASA flight director overseeing the SpaceX mission, declared, We had a very successful day, a great day in space, and certainly from the NASA side we're excited about how the mission is going so far. Dragon was launched atop a Falcon 9 rocket from the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station in Florida on Tuesday. Astronauts Don Petit and Andrew Kuipers reported seeing Dragon moving below them and were even able to send a command to the capsule to turn on a strobe light. To date, only government-owned and operated vehicles have approached and docked with the space station. The Dragon mission is part of NASA's Commercial Orbital Transportation Services program, which was established to help shift some of the agency's traditional roles and activities into the private sector. By buying in transportation services from the commercial sector, NASA hopes to save money it can spend on more challenging exploration ventures far beyond Earth at asteroids and Mars. Scientists say they have managed to turn patients' own skin cells into healthy heart muscle in the lab. Ultimately, they hope this stem cell therapy could be used to treat heart failure patients. As the transplanted cells are from the individual patient, this could avoid the problem of tissue rejection, they told the European Heart Journal. Early tests in animals proved promising, but the experimental treatment is still years away from being used in people. In the latest study, the team from Rambam Medical Center in Haifa, Israel, took skin cells from two men with heart failure and mixed the cells up with a cocktail of genes and chemicals in the lab to create the stem cell treatment. The cells that they created were identical to healthy heart muscle cells. When these beating cells were transplanted into a rat, they started to make connections with the surrounding heart tissue. 
Lead researcher Professor Lyar Gepstein said, What is new and exciting about our research is that we have shown it's possible to take skin cells from an elderly patient with advanced heart failure and end up with his own beating cells in a laboratory dish that are healthy and young the equivalent to the stage of his heart cells when just born. The researchers say more work is needed before they can begin trials in humans. Nobody wants to get the flu, but some people, especially pregnant women, are very concerned about what they put in their bodies. A new study shows that the H1N1 flu vaccine has no additional complications for pregnant women, but also shows that getting a flu shot during pregnancy actually benefits the baby. Specifically, the study showed that H1N1 vaccination during the pandemic was associated with a significantly reduced risk of stillbirth, preterm birth, and extremely small babies at birth. This is one of the only studies large enough to evaluate the association between maternal flu vaccination and stillbirth, a very rare event. Researchers used data from Ontario's birth record database to examine more than 55,000 single child births that took place in Ontario during the H1N1 pandemic. The study compared pregnant women who were not immunized against H1N1 to those who were. Of all the single child births recorded from November 2009 to April 2010, 42% of the women received the H1N1 vaccination, which makes the findings robust. They found that mothers who received the H1N1 vaccination had multiple health benefits. They were 34% less likely to have a stillbirth, 28% less likely to deliver before 32 weeks, and were 19% less likely to give birth to a child with a birth weight for gestational age in the bottom third percentile. Researchers at Barrow Neurological Institute at St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center have unveiled how and why the public perceives some magic tricks in recent studies that could have real-world implications in military tactics, marketing, and sports. Doctors Susanna Martinez-Condi and Stephen Macknick are well known for their research into magic and illusions. One of their most recent original research projects, published in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience, offers additional insight into perception and cognition. One of the studies was initiated by professional magician Apollo Robbins, who believed that the audience members directed their attention differently depending on the type of hand motion used. Robbins believed that if he moved his hand in a straight line while performing a trick, the audience would focus on the beginning and end points of his motion, but not in between. In contrast, he believed if he moved his hand in a curved motion, the audience would follow his hand's trajectory from beginning to end. By studying the eye movements of individuals as they watched Robbins perform, Barrow researchers confirmed Robbins' theory. Not only is this discovery important for magicians, but the knowledge that curved motion attracts attention differently from straight motion could have wide-reaching implications. For example, in predator-prey evasion techniques in the natural world, military tactics, sports strategies and marketing, says Martinez Condi. This finding is believed to be the first discovery in the neuroscientific literature initiated by a magician rather than a scientist. And now in local news from Romania, we learn that an asteroid in our solar system has recently been named Romania. With a diameter somewhere around 2 and 3 kilometers, the object is located between the planets Mars and Jupiter and circles the Sun in 1,123 days. On the 6th of May, the asteroid was first listed under the name Romania and the proposal for this particular name was made by two scientists, Mirel Birlan, a Romanian who works for the Paris Observatory, and Richard Binzel of MIT. It is extraordinary that the International Astronomical Union accepted to name the asteroid listed under the number 7986 as Romania. Romania was one of the founding members of the Union and now Romanians can look at the sky and think that there is a small Romania up there. 
I hope that astronomy and the study of space becomes an important part of Romanian research, declared Mirel Birlan. This was Miruna for The Skeptical Reporter. This show was recorded today, the 24th of May, 2012. Thank you for listening.